Hello everyone and welcome to our special live event. Well, we have a fabulous panel here today to help you with your public speaking, your presentation, maybe even your pitching skills. And this fabulous panel and I have been together in many rooms on other social media channels like Clubhouse. And we've been discussing public speaking, what's holding us back, what stops us, and what is it that we can do to be better, to improve, get more success in our career, maybe in our business as well. And that is exactly what we are going to be discussing and sharing with you as we go through our live here today as well. But before we get going, I am going to ask our amazing panel just to do a quick intro of themselves so you know who it is that you've got access to today. And maybe you can actually connect with them as well to see how they can help you as well. So we're going to start with Verno and we're going to go around one after the other, just doing a quick intro so you know who's here today. Erno, my friend. Good good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Now, my name is Arnold. I'm the owner of Learn Global. And um, yes, we are live with the Achievers Club. Um, my experience, I've done public speaking for over, well, over five, six years. And I'm just here now to share my knowledge and also to help and support others. So, um, yeah, over to Harriet. Thank you. Hi, Achievers Club Live. <laughs> Good to be with everybody. I'm Harriet. I'm an international speaker, speaker training and firewalk instructor. And I help people to overcome fear, step into their power and communicate with confidence. I'm super excited for our first live session today, sharing value and tips, but also being able to learn from this incredible panel. Over to the beautiful Movelle. Well, thank you. I'm not sure how I can follow firewalking walking, Harriet, but I'll do my best. So I am Movelle. I walk on. I walk. I don't walk on water nor fire, but you know, just a regular person me. Um, so I am Movelle. I am a diversity and inclusion consultant. I run my company called Modus Personal Development. Um, I help companies to enact sustainable transformational change on their diversity and inclusion agendas. I'm also a coach, so I coach senior leaders. Uh, executives on how to become more inclusive as leaders. I also coach women uh, on strengths and how they can return to work after sabbaticals, being their best selves, stepping into their true power and their strengths. Um, and I, um, my experience in public speaking is I speak regularly on issues pertaining to diversity and inclusion at conferences, at work, um, anywhere you want me to come and speak on that, I'll speak on it. So that's my speaking experience, been speaking for a number of years. Um, I'm going to hand you over to the wonderful Bill, who is, if I'm right over there, <laughs> over to you. Thank you, Harriet. Um, <laughs> you're, hello, high achievers, and welcome. Uh, this is great. We're uh, delighted to be on video. I'm Bill Gannon, and I've uh, been proud to be part of this group for the last uh, eight eight plus months or so, and we are just so thrilled to be with you. I am a 35-year veteran in the sales business, B2B sales mostly in Fortune 500 companies as well as startups, and took that experience to parlay that into a consultancy that focuses on effective sales, presentations, public speaking, all those things that people kind of take for granted, but sometimes you need a coach to make them go from good to great. So with that said, I'm delighted to be here. Can't wait for your questions in the comments today for uh, all the topics related to public speaking. 
I'm delighted to hand it over to my great buddy, Rob Holman. Hey, my name is Rob Holman. Thank you, Bill. I've been known to get very excited to watch paint dry. Yes, you're going to get enthusiasm, passion, and excitement, even when we're talking about, well, not such exciting things. But on this show, in this time, we will be talking about exciting things. Uh, I have a professional speaking background that takes me back over 20 years as a professional keynote speaker. So I'm here to share tips, strategies, some of my failures, and some of my successes to help you gain more confidence in the area of public speaking. With no further delay, I'm passing the baton to the one, the only, Stefan, who here is here to share and pass out a couple lollies. <laughs> you, you just have to throw that in, don't you? You have to. As you can tell, we have a little bit of a background, having been uh, together on Clubhouse for yeah, a year, talking about this most beautiful thing that is called public speaking. So, yeah, we know each other already a little bit, and I hope we get to know a lot more people over this new adventure now with ugly mugs. I mean, beautiful mugs and not so. Anyway, about me, I'm a photographer. That's it. No, not, not quite. I have a background in musical theater. I have a background on stage. I absolutely love presenting, teaching, helping other people. And I, for once, look straight into the camera because, hey, how can you reach someone if you don't connect through it? Harriet would say, from the heart to the heart. So that's what I love to do on stage, aside from my photography business. And now I look away from the camera again because I want to see those beautiful faces on the screen and hand it back to Andy, which is really weird because usually he has a bright yellow background. <laughs> and now he doesn't so i will get used to that but andy <laughs> back to you i will obviously need to adjust that what i maybe i should redecorate or get a nice green screen so i can have bright yellow keep the consistency going love that so you see we have an incredible panel here today each of them's got such vast experience as i've learned over the, what the last year that we've been together supporting people with their public speaking as well. And a way of introduction to myself, you know, I'm somebody who never had confidence to speak up. I didn't like speaking in meetings, hated interviews, hated being the center of attention. So I had to take that journey to grow my confidence, to grow my skills. So ultimately, you know, get your voice heard, be out there. Because that's one thing I did learn is that unless you're out there getting your voice heard, you're in your careers, you kind of become invisible. So it's very much a case of getting your voice heard and that's the way you can raise your profile, climb that career ladder, and indeed achieve career success. But when it comes to public speaking and giving presentations, I'd love to hear from the panel, and maybe Ernold, I'll come to you first with this question. You know, when people think about public speaking, why do you think it's actually worth doing? Why should people, especially if you feel anxious, you feel nervous about doing it, why put yourself through that? Why learn, develop the confidence, develop those skills? Why do you think it's worth doing? Well, you can live in silence or you can speak. And the thing is that is with, for me, um, personally, I thought that, the, let's say, sharing my voice is not important. Just, you know, go with the flow and, uh, and that's it. But there will be a day that um, 
other people will take in credit of what you do. They see your your things going, and and, and they're not gonna, uh, yeah, they're not gonna say like, oh, it's from Arnold. So they they literally get away with all that. Now I found I found that when when I was doing my let's say in, in my freelance time, I had to I had the same. So I did a job, and I thought, you know what, I can't be bothered to to uh, just just let them let them talk and all that, but. Once you see, and this is another thing, when you see, for example, on social media, you see like big speakers talking about some subjects and they're sharing their knowledge, you think about like, oh, that's something that I want to do as well. But in the meantime, when you are, let's say, preparing yourself to be become that like of, of, of confidence, um, well, for me, listen again, what I said, for me, it was more like, I don't, I don't, I can't be bothered. I just can go with the flow. Until you come in a situation and um, you you speak up and then you see the responses from people and you say like, hey, this is effective. But the thing is that that's only with a small group. But what if you're going to go like, you know, big stage and then, you know, all this preparing now. That wasn't that was not, not nothing for me. I found out that my voice was powerful, but not you know going on stage until um, I was able to. Well, let's say friends are you know people are around you, and this is and this is what good with like-minded people. So people around um, around you are saying, Ernold, you know what? You need to share this not just only with me or it's you know but some friends. You have to share this with more people. Now, of course, uh, you're gonna you're gonna say like ah. Don't worry about it until they're going to bring you to different communities and they're going to, you know, introduce you to different people. And then they're going to ask you, hey, listen, tell me your story in front of us. Now, I have seen so many good positive results that it became a sort of like fun and passion. I said, hey, you know what? This is fun. Speaking in large, large front of audience and people are laughing, responding and all that. So for me. The journey going as let's say to to use public speaking or let's say to let my let people hear my voice um became from from nothing as like it can't be bothered until well i can't sleep i can't stop talking anymore so yeah that that's for me public speaking is was a journey i have to say it doesn't go overnight but uh, yeah i'm here now and again i can talk for hours but i wasn't before so back to you andy <laughs> <laughs> but it's right once you get that confidence you can talk for hours you know you, you're you're comfortable in your own skin aren't you well i think i think you're, you're right when you say that if you're not doing it nobody's gonna give you the credit when they're talking about it when they are talking i mean i had that exact that one that was one of the things that forced me and i always say forced me to start growing my skills that people were giving the presentations because i was happy they would do it for the work i was doing and they never said, oh, Andy did all this work and I'm just doing the presentation. No, no, no. They took the credit. They got the accolades. And, you know, one person even got opportunities from giving that presentation because it was such a successful, high profile project that I did all the work. They just got the information off me, gave the presentation and they were the ones seen. And that is why it's, it's, it's so important. You're absolutely right that we need to be out there and then. I say once we go go through that journey, it does start becoming more enjoyable when you're on whatever large stages for you, be it ten people, hundred people, it does become enjoyable once we start getting out there. And Harry, one of the phrases I know, which are, you and I both use it, but you you love using this one, is out of your head, 
and into your heart. So maybe you, yeah, right. So maybe you could share that one. Wait, does that really mean, right? Could maybe share what does that mean? Because it's often, isn't it, the case that when we're speaking, we are in our head, and that's where you know the, the tension builds up, right? What do you think, Harriet? I just saw in our back chat Harrietism, so I'm just <laughs> chuckling to myself. <laughs> Brilliant. I think. You know, as you were saying, there's so many different re reasons. Ernold mentioned a few of them, how public speaking can serve us. And even just taking it out of public speaking, communication, having a, a meaningful and important conversation with a loved one, asking a boss for a pay rise, communicating with team members, chatting to your customers. You know, that's all part of communication. And I think it's not just walking onto stage or pressing live on a video or running a training where we can start to get this running in our head of oh, panic. What am I going to say? What if I get it wrong? What if I make a mistake? You know, there's this, this flurry of anxiety, nerves, whatever terminology you feel or you want to put to it. So for me, coming out of your head and into your heart, is very much about, first of all, let's take a deep breath. Let's calm our mind, okay? Those thoughts, that fear, and guys, raise your hand, give us a little wave if you've ever felt fear when it's come to, to public speaking, especially at the beginning of your journey. Yes, everybody's waving, right? So for anyone watching this thinking, I get so nervous, I'm so scared, I don't know if I can do it. We've all been in that boat or van for me today. We've all felt that way and it's very natural, it's very normal. If we stay in our head, then we're consumed by ourselves and our panic and our fear. And our focus is much more likely to stay in that uh, nervous pattern of what might go wrong or a fear of judgment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the, the list goes on. But when we take that breath and we're able to come into our heart to really put our focus on the audience, why is it that we want to speak? Or why do we want to have that meaningful conversation? What's important here? How will it help? How will it benefit? How can we rise together, as I also like to say? Then it shifts that focus and allows you to, from a much calmer place, go into a state of service rather than a state of panic, as I like to say. So come out of your head and into your heart is very much about fear is natural, it's normal. Use that deep breath, shift your focus into service and step up and take action with your speaking. Back to you, Andy. Thank you. You see, and great point you made right there, Bob, let's, let's just touch on that one first of all. Fear is natural, fear is normal. Because too often, don't we look at other people who are speaking and think, oh, they're so confident, I couldn't do that. Oh, they, they just got it, you know. I, I, it's only me who feels some anxiety. It's only me who gets this worry and self-doubt. We think it's only us. Everybody else just does it without anything. But you're right, it's natural. So many people, in fact, everybody has it at some level. And actually, you should embrace it in some way as well. But the other thing that Harry Razor actually points well, that public speaking isn't just standing at the front of the room with a PowerPoint presentation. It's any time we're communicating. That's why, you know, maybe doing a reel on Instagram, doing a video, doing a live, there's that anxiety. I used to have it when having a one-to-one -one meeting with my manager, and I knew it was an important meeting because I wanted to be able to express myself, get my point over in a certain way. And therefore, being able to do that, I was all worried. I tried to rehearse the conversation I was going to have with him. And of course, 
when you're trying to rehearse a conversation, it's very difficult because you only know one half of what you're going to say. You've got no idea what they're going to say. So quite frankly, pointless. But I, I used to do that so many times, rehearsing conversations. But it doesn't doesn't work. But that's how we get in our head, isn't it? And that's where we are building up that anxiety. So when, when we are talking, we want to be able to convey. We want to bring out our personality. And Bill, maybe you, from your sales perspective, you could share why that's important as well. Because when we're talking to clients, when we're talking to customers, and maybe we want them to buy into us in some way, what would you say is the way we should be doing that? Is it just because we've got the best price that people buy? Or are they buying into us? What is it that's allowing us to communicate and really connect with clients? Bill, I can't hear you. Bill's on mute. Uh, Bill's on mute at the moment. Bill just needs to unmute himself. It's so good what he's sharing, Andy. It's so good. Isn't it just? We just couldn't hear this anymore. Oh, we have to recap those key points now. Let readers be ready. There are, uh, you can, when you're doing sales effectively, you don't even need the uh, unmute yourself to get the sincerity. (laughs) It's about eye contact, connecting with the, so, There are bookshelves, as we know, filled with this sales technique, that sales technique, all the rest of it. Um, At the end of the day, what I love to talk about in sales isn't so much the sales funnel or the customer relations management system, and all these are important components. The piece that really resonates with me in sales is the conversation, the communication with the customer, with the sales group that you're coaching. So much of this is about having the discipline. First of all, you have to have the knowledge of your product. Okay. And lots of companies bring a lot of product. For those of you that are listening and watching that are in sales, your company probably gives you lots of training about the product and that's fine. And by getting that training, your program to run out and do what? Talk about the product to the customer. And this is where one of the great basic sales fundamentals splits off and goes in opposite directions. You don't go in and talk about your stuff. You go in and talk about them, right? Because what's everyone's favorite subject? Right. They want to talk about themselves. They want to know that you have their interests in mind. It it actually has a leave your head and, and come from your heart approach with that Harriet said. If you're in there to help them and you're in there to have constructive conversations about solving their problems, the road to your sales gets paved with much more receptivity because they they look on you as a real communicator, someone who's eager to listen, who who gives them space to digest bits of information. But so many times we're programmed to machine gun out and to rapid fire all this information because we don't have much time and I don't want to waste it. So you're going to hear everything that I have to say. And this is where things really derail. So I really think in sales, it's all about the give and take and the and the gentleness of caring conversations that go back and forth. And when you do that and leave space, the customers generally open up, blossom, and then you have a great opportunity to build relationships and i think it is relationships absolutely that is where we want to be because i know when i was in my corporate career i'd be speaking to salespeople at the time they'd be coming in and often there wasn't much difference between the product the features and the price 
there wasn't a lot of difference, right? But what but was the difference? Of course, there's always who was it? Who was there selling to me? What was there? How did I feel about them? How well were they communicating? Too often, I did have people just pitching, and it was, you know, feature, feature, feature. This is what it's going to do, and they didn't actually check to see about me. They weren't actually. Did I even care about these features? No. What was? What, what did I want? They right. just, you know, I've got my pitch. And this is it. And I think that sometimes when we're communicating, we can forget. And as I said, we want to know very much what it is our audience are interested in. But I, I know sometimes we have to present to people who may not want to hear too much about what we're saying. Maybe they, well, I have to call them prisoners. You know, when they've got to attend the training, they've got to attend that. Prisoners. Event. I know. That's what I call them, right? They prove that they don't want to be there. You could. Like when I've done training for companies, you see them turn up, you know they don't want to be there. You can always tell those who turned up really want to come on this train and those who've been told they are coming. They are. They, I, I call them the prisoners. They they do look they do look different as well. And maybe Movell, I know you, you've done some training, right? Or you've had those prisoners turn up. Maybe people have come along because you know it's a it's a training they have to do. What's the approach you would take when you're going to be communicating with people? You want to get the message over, but maybe they're less than receptive to hearing it. Uh, well, I, I think you probably chose me deliberately, Andy, because that's doing inclusion work. It's a topic that is quite emotive. And so oftentimes when I'm speaking to people or doing training, there are people in the room who don't want to be there. Um, and that's OK. I think that as long as I understand that and you as the person in control of that room and the speaker understands that, then your job is to convey information that appeals to everybody in the best way possible but to also meet people where they are and I think that applies to any kind of communication whether someone is willing or a captive audience or someone who's you know voluntarily there we need to be able to meet people where they are and so for me it's about getting that stuff out in the open as soon as as soon as, as possible so I will often introduce a workshop by saying you know I, I can appreciate that some of you either don't understand why you're here don't want to be here um, and some of you are voluntarily here wanting to know more and so I talk about you know what are the objections to you being here what is it that I can do to make this session more palatable for those of you who feel like you don't want to be here and oftentimes people won't necessarily want to stand out and say I don't want to be here some people you can tell by their body language so I'll usually kind of just set up a system you know if we're face to face I, I like to call it a car park we'll set up a little whiteboard at the back of the room and people can you know at some point leave an anonymous note and say I think inclusion is rubbish or you know I don't want to talk about this particular thing or that particular thing and then we can set up some time to, to actually have a conversation about that but it's about meeting people where they are but also making sure that you maintain control of the room and, and saying to people for those of you who don't want to be here you're here because your, your employer has invested in this particular topic and it's important to them so therefore it's going to be important to you so i would ask you to listen objectively and if there are still issues with what you don't want to kind of what you're not interested in at the end of this session please feel free to have a conversation with me because you have to remember you're there to do a job so even though you want to please people you have to recognize you can't please everybody all of the time and so you still have a job to do so it's about kind of meeting that head on deciding that you're going to kind of tackle that up front giving people space to kind of talk about it if they want to but still delivering and making sure they understand that they're there because it's important to their employer and so you know if they can't get with it 
they're still going to have to listen anyway. So it makes it far more enjoyable if we can all kind of agree to be objective. And that, that includes me. I always say to people, look, I'm willing to be challenged on what I'm saying. If you think that there's something that I'm saying that's incorrect, by all means, challenge me. So we can have that two-way dialogue as much as possible. I think having dialogue with people is important, knowing where they are and having that rather than just carrying on with what you've got to deliver, irrespective of what your audience are thinking, maybe the way they're behaving or looking as well. And I've been on trainings where that's happened, as I've shared before, I think with you guys, they just deliver it in a way, I've got this script, this is what I'm going to deliver. There was no engagement, there weren't any issues were, were not discussed. And I think it, it is appropriate if you see something going on. Yeah, absolutely. Being comfortable. That's where the confidence comes. That you can maybe jump out of what you want to say to talk to people, engage with them, and how to say, have that conversation. Because I think a slight different spin on that is that we might see that there's something there that people aren't happy about and we want to address it. But then is it not a case that we can also do the opposite, that we can reflect our own insecurities on our audience? For example, we see somebody yawning, they're bored. We see somebody looking at the phone they're not interested. We see somebody leave the room, they're not coming back. So how can we be sure when we see these things, Rob, that actually it's what we are, they are bored, they are not interested, they are walking out on us, rather than we're not thinking, these are our own insecurities that we're worried about, and now we're kind of reflecting them out, putting them out onto our audience, trying to get, you know, seeing things that maybe aren't there. Well, I, th I think we need to change the rule book of public speaking, Andy. Here's what I mean by that. We oftentimes will operate uh, off of the golden rule. You know, treat others or serve others how you like to be treated. Ah, sounds pretty good. Most of us have been acting on that, behaving that way, because that's what our mom and dad or our relatives or friends said we should do. No, 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 no. We're going to up the ante on this one. It's called the platinum rule. Don't do things to people what you want done yourself. That's kind of selfish if you really look at it. Do to others what they want done unto them to better and best serve them. In other words, get the attention off of you, what you want, how you think you can best serve the audience and get to know them through, dare I say, steps in engagement. Thinking through your talk, your presentation, whether it be informal, formal, in ways that you can best serve the audience holistically to better serve and meet the needs of each and every single audience member. Get the attention off of you onto them and channel that passion, that enthusiasm and your core content in a way that will blow their socks off in service. Back to you, Andy. Blowing their socks off. I love that. What a, what? But that all comes down to as well as preparing, being ready for it, make sure we know everything. We maybe we will touch on some of those areas in a moment as well. What we can do, to beat blow people's socks off as well. But another thing I'm gonna to come to you for this, on this one, Steph, your experience or your thoughts on, is when it comes to maybe giving that presentation, speaking up front of a team, one of the concerns which we know because we've had it in our clubhouse rooms many times is about, well, I'm not a native English speaker and therefore X, Y, Z, these reasons come out why I can't do it, why I shouldn't do it, and maybe why I'm not any good at doing it because it's not my native tongue, right? These kind of, again, are just insecurities that will come out. I'd love to, Stefan, as somebody, again, who's I think speaks multiple languages, 
your thoughts when it does come to speaking when it's not in your mother tongue and how we can feel a bit more confident at doing that. Ja, es ist ganz einfach. Also, gerade am Anfang, <lacht> am Anfang ist es schwierig. Am Anfang ist es schwierig, weil man muss irgendwie drin... Bitte, Stefan, kannst du nicht ein klein bisschen in Englisch reden, bitte? So, as, as you had some trouble to understand what I just said, some people will have the same trouble in speaking other languages. And that's a very normal thing. What we forget is that the audience generally doesn't care if we mispronounce a word, if we miss a word, if we form a sentence the wrong way. Different languages have different rules. Sometimes one, the verb is in front of the adjective. The... It's okay. Because at the end of the day, all people care about in the audience is what you can give them home, what they can take from it. And because they're generally with you, they're on your side, they will not notice most of the things that we hang ourselves up on. For me, English, it, it clearly held me back, but it held me back mostly in, in two areas. First, everything that I've learned for a very, very long time was, of course, in German. So if you are in a specific um, genre, well, then you know all those technical words in your language. So you have to brush up on those. But then the second one, and that's where it becomes complicated, is that you don't feel adequate because you maybe not be a, you're not able to elaborate on an on a elite level like you are in your mother tongue. And that, of course, what does it influence? Your confidence. Now you think that I sound stupid, even though you're actually an expert in your field. But because you don't sound as fluent, because you're not as eloquent as you could be in your mother language, you, you, you don't feel as comfortable. And this is a learning process. I mean, for me, it was English is not my first language. And, and, and uh, we, we spoke with uh, Arnold about this many, many times. We just have to get to the point where we realize that all those insecurities are really a reflection on me, me, me. I want to be perfect. I want to be smart. I want to come across as if I have written 700 books and invented the sliced toast. And once we get over that and realize that it's not about me and it's not about me being perfect, and that maybe a few mistakes once in a while actually connect me to the audience because nobody in the audience is perfect. And if someone believes so, hmm, that's their problem. So we have to get over that and, and realize that what we're doing for the audience is sharing our knowledge and by making mistakes, sharing a little bit of ourselves as well, which I think it's a beautiful thing. I laugh about my mispronunciations. I mean, funniest moment, I arrive in London, hop in a taxi, and I tell the taxi driver that I need to go to Leicester Square. And he's just looking at me like, what? And I said, <laughs> Leicester Square, it's written here. Look, it's, it's Leicester Square right here. 
And he's, he, he just looked at me like, Lester, uh, guess so. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And I got to the right place. But when you look at how it's, it's not, it's not Lester. It's like, I got, eventually I got to the right place. So do you think that this guy will remember it? He might have told his wife that night and said, that stupid guy, but next day he will have forgotten about it. And I guarantee you that people who, some, some crazy dude going past the house with a super loud car. I bet, I bet you that most people, if you would ask them after your presentation, if they could list those few things that you said wrong, most of them will have no idea what you're talking about. So we put that on ourselves. We totally do. We, we want to give this perfect, and I used to do this, right? A perfect presentation with every word, every gesture, every pronunciation, everything absolutely perfect. And yet, first of all, I, there's, there's no such thing. I don't think it's ever been perfect. And it just, it's an, I think what's a perfect presentation? It becomes more like, a, I always say, some, and I've seen people trying to do it, like an amateur stage play in essence by the, as they as they try to do that you know with the gesture kind of even coming after the word that their cue word to give the the gesture and you're right people people don't remember it you know i've look i've been talking here today and i've already stumbled over words right but i doubt anybody's making notes of watching this at the moment because unless it becomes a big issue for us it doesn't so much become an issue for our audience either and i've got a bit you know, a number of people who have I've spoken to and trained, they said, oh, I'm really scared of public speaking. It's because English isn't my first language. That's why they're scared. And I said to them, well, so are you confident in your own native tongue then? And they go, no, no, no. Oh, no, I'll still be scared then as well. Right. So sometimes we can find things, reasons to hold ourselves back, reasons to not be out there speaking and putting ourselves out there all, all, all the time as well. But I think it is an important point to, to recognise that, that we, our mind is very good at creating these situations as well, to hold us back, to stop us speaking. And it could be English is my first language. It could be I'm new. It could be that I'm not experienced. I need another course, another qualification. I need something else before I can be out there speaking. But I think it is very much a case of thinking, how can we start? And uh, maybe, um, Harry, you could share some thoughts. On, you know, if we're thinking about starting to public speaking and maybe we're feeling a bit anxious at the time, what do you think could be some ways that we could start to be get out there to... Whether we say English is our mother tongue or not, well, we could be out there, start building our confidence, start building our skills to get our voice heard. I think it's taking opportunity from so many different environments now, whether it's on a social media platform. Uh, I know that this beautiful group, the High Achievers Club, all came together on Clubhouse, for example. Clubhouse is a great place to go and practice your public speaking. Already, if you're somebody that feels really nervous about this, but you've got that desire, you want to get started, you're just letting that fear kind of get in the way. Clubhouse is a brilliant app because 
you can practice the speaking. And even if you're like shaking <laughs> behind the app, nobody can see you. So it's a beautiful platform to go and start practicing using your voice. Outside of that, of course, you've also got like Facebook, Instagram, you can go live. You might have say in Facebook, a private group. You could just set up a group with you and a good friend or you and a speaking mentor or you and whoever, a, a small group of friends that you then go live in a safe space, but you just practice hitting that button and starting to speak. Of course, offline, it could be network meetings, for example. And I'd like to absolutely hold my hand up and say, it may not look like it now, but I was that girl. Even for that 60 second introduction, I was that girl that was like, oh, excuse me, phone call. Got to go. There's no one on the other end of the phone. It didn't light up. It didn't ring. Got to go. <laughs> or I'd run to the toilet and hide because I felt that fear and anxiety. But in time, by feeling the fear and doing it anyway, that great book by Susan Jeffries, I just started taking action. And even if it was 60 seconds at a network meeting, I'd stand up, introduce myself. I would be speaking really quickly and a little bit nervously and then sit back down again. But of course, as a result of that, the more we do something, repetition in any skill, especially public speaking, meant I became more and more competent and confident in the process. So next time it might become 15 minutes or 10 minutes speaking at a local network meeting. There's, of course, loads of different groups that can support you as well, from Toastmasters, different local speaking groups, et cetera, et cetera. So my recommendation is, number one, just go for it. There's so many different ways, both online and online, to take action. Feel the fear and do it anyway. But B, allow yourself to do it in those small steps for you that feels right for you, but make sure that you are doing it continuously. That is the key, continuously over and over again to build both the competence and the confidence to support you getting rid of that fear and participating on your speaker journey. Back to you, Andy. I get, and do you know, I've, I've had those phone calls as well, you know, just coming in at the time or something, got to go and quickly check something because of the nerves and the anxiety as well as all those other things of it yeah exactly suddenly i've just got to go right andy I mean, can we andy can we see you do what harriet just did uh, hanging on the phone and going like this and looking around that'd be cool i've seen somebody doing that talking on the phone and then their phone rang but uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't saw that it, needs to be it happens like, we're just, again right we do it because and this is why it's like we all kind of feel these anxieties when we're starting off right you know, we all want to get the phone call and go away quickly and hide and everything else. I did have a flip phone once. So I don't know if we still do that. So that's so a flip phone. But uh, uh, but it, it is right. We all feel those anxieties. We feel them, right? It, it doesn't make us any... We're just saying we think it's just us. Like we, like we said earlier, right? Everybody gets those anxieties. And it is taking them, taking the steps. You say, going... Oh, God, I used to hate... I'm still not a great fan. We're some networking events going around there, talking to people, doing your 60 second pitch, etc. But it is, it's doing it anyway. And, it, and I think it's, it's taking these small steps and then we get big success. And then it's another, then it's another. So it's continually building that confidence. Absolutely right. And as I mentioned, there's so many social media apps nowadays. I mean, and in addition to Clubhouse, I mean, I've got about four, maybe five others like that, you know, audio apps where you can go on there, you can speak. It is getting on there, getting your voice heard, 
raising your hand in these apps and getting out there. I mean, from when I started now, there's just so many opportunities that we can use. And I think it is embracing those, like having a sharing there, that's going to help us to get those success as well. Oh, no, come to you for any thoughts you've gone. Yeah, what we can do, any other steps that come to mind to help us get this confidence to get our voice heard in meetings or anywhere. Now, I always say it's always easy to, to know your content. So it's always, yeah. if you, let's say, um, well, if you talk about what I have done yesterday, it's, it's so easy to talk that in, in an impromptu. It's like, oh, yeah, I've done this, I've done that. But you're really comfortable. And because you're comfortable, it, you're not you're not afraid of, of sharing that story now when it comes to let's say public speaking or let's say be on stage and doing a presentation it's it's a little bit of a different ball game but if you know your content it's it's so much easier to 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 share that if you let's say talk about something that you have well you have not really prepared let's say you, you just just done it like three or four days ago um you're gonna stumble um and and the confidence is is the thing is that is there's more things going in your head when you do not know your content and i mean with like oh you can't do it what are people thinking about you blah blah blah, all these little things these little voices but when you know your content you, you're going to be so confident now there's another thing that um i haven't let's say talk a lot about is your like how to dress how to present yourself for example you can be confident with for example wearing a suit Right. So some people, they 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 rather to, you know, using a t wearing a T-shirt instead of a suit. So they 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 suit themselves up and afterwards they get so hot and warm and so uncomfortable that they that they literally going to uh, be be afraid of sharing. The, well, not afraid, but let's say being not comfortable with sharing the story and then, you know, become really unconfident with that. But when they when, you know, for example, in a T-shirt and just on stage and, well, you know, represent things. Um, so, yeah. Your, how, how, what you're wearing also gives you a little bit of what, what you know, on, on stage um, and, and gives you confidence as well. So it's, it's not just only preparing and, you know, I always mention preparing and, and, and knowing your content, but also what you're wearing. Now, on camera, uh, this, is, this is fun because you see quite a lot of people are getting more comfortable on camera because they can, they can switch everybody off indirectly. They, they, they can enlarge their screen, they can watch to themselves and, and, you know, and they're happy with that. But in the meantime, in the background, they have 100, maybe 200, maybe 500 people, um, you know, listening to them. Now, on, on physically on stage, it's a totally different story. So people need to be there, uh, you know, they, they need to check their head, they need to check their, all that. So always say Everything that needs to, yeah, exactly, there he is. Everything that needs, everything, I will say, wear something you're comfortable with because that makes you confident, but also do not wait until the last day, but believe me, because that is, if, you, if you're not familiar with your content, you're going to fail. And believe, believe me, I'm talking about experience because I've, I've done it so many times. I thought like, you know what? I can do it. And I just did my, I just did my presentation and then, oh, or was it again? I know. Well, yesterday I knew what I was sharing, but now I lost it. You know, so it's it's like lack of of of, of preparing and a lack of of course of knowing your content. But again, know your content, wear what's comfortable, um, and uh, yeah, just 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 share it with everybody. Like you share with friends. Back yeah, to you, if you can do do that, then then you you do feel so much more relaxed if you have that approach that is sharing it with friends rather than going into the lion's den. But preparation, my gosh, yes, it's uh, important. And, you know, again, like you, and I've, I've been there. I've held back from preparing. And the reason being that I was that nervous. 
And the, there's a great theory, isn't it? If you're nervous about something, if it builds up anxiety when you're thinking about this presentation, don't think about it. <laughs> you don't get nervous. It's a great, it's a great tactic. And I see so many people do this, right? Don't think about the presentation. You won't get nervous. You can relax. You can be chilled. But as we all know, eventually the day comes. You've got to give that presentation. And now you don't know your content. And I've done it. I've got to be honest, two hours before the meeting, start trying to prepare something. And what happens? It's rushed. You're not comfortable with it. You don't know it. And now you've, you've got this big pressure on you. So preparation, starting early, is definitely key. But then I wonder, uh, Marvell, maybe share your thoughts. How, If you're going to give a presentation, how much time should we give it to preparing and rehearsing? How much time would you consider as reasonable? I think that's going to be different for, for everybody. Some people like to prepare to the nth degree. So they, they may be giving a presentation in a month's time, and so they'll start preparing, you know, as soon as they get the, the, the brief, which I think is a good idea. Some people like to kind of thrive under pressure and they may start, you know, preparing two weeks into that. Some people may prepare one week into it. I think as long as you do what, what allows you to feel secure and confident going out onto stage, that's what matters. However, I would say give yourself as much time as possible, right? Because then you've got time to uh, research your audience, who's going to be in the room so you can pitch your presentation at the right level. You've also then got time to make sure you are up to date with the, the topic you're speaking about. So whenever you're speaking, you've got the very latest of research backing you up. You've also then got time to do what I like to call a prepare frequently asked questions. So you can kind of anticipate some of the questions that will come up. You can prepare those questions and those answers. And then you've got time to prepare in terms of speaking. So if you're someone who's a nervous speaker, and you feel like you need to prepare in front of an audience, you can pull to your friends and family in and do a, a, a mock version of the presentation. So all of those things are going to require a lot of time, right? So if you're the person who wants to do all of that, you can't do it a week before the presentation. You need to kind of give yourself a maximum amount of time. So I'm always going to be on the side of giving yourself as much time as possible. But like I said, you're going to have to do what's, what works for you. I, you know, as much as I like to prepare as much in advance as possible, I also know that I'm a bit of a last minute junkie. So sometimes I like to do things at the last minute and run on that adrenaline. So you have to do what works for you. As long as you then feel confident going out on stage and speaking, have at it, do whatever you want. I'd say it's no one's comfortable, but it's not, I suppose, procrastinating on it, leaving it deliberately to the yeah. last minute. You, you're just scared as well. I think it's a difference. Maybe it's a presentation you've given dozens of times before, so you just need to tweak it. Might may not need as much preparation as creating all that new content. But let's just make me recap like the main points there that were covered by my various knowing the audience, being up to date as well, right? So knowing the audience, being up to date on the content, having those FAQs, and then maybe rehearsing in front of people as well. Each of those is exactly what we need, isn't it? To be able to create those those I, those presentations that really connect with people. And when it actually came with questions, to know the questions, I would actually, one of the things I would do is sit there and think, what would be in my mind if I was in the audience? What would I want to know? What are the questions that I would ask? And if I put, that's how I used to create those questions, exactly that, by thinking, what would I like to know? And then maybe you can cover some of that in the content as well. But is knowing this, you're very much putting yourself in there. Um, 
Rob, you sometimes present, of course, in front of audiences that you've never met. You don't know. You know, it's not like you're doing corporate presentation. What be your way of thinking about preparing so you can deliver value to the audience? Yeah, I would say this, Andy. Whoa. No, I, you <laughs> have to have fun. I mean, at the end of the day, if we, we take ourselves way too seriously. Let's be real. Public speaking, when we're sharing our story, we have core content that we do believe people and audiences need to hear. We tend to get a bit too serious. So I love to lighten up the atmosphere, lighten up the mood. Not only when I step on stage to speak in a virtual or in-person or live setting, I'm talking about in preparation. You have a blank sheet of paper, a blank canvas. We have an opportunity as speakers to infuse fun and enjoyment and excitement and passion and enthusiasm into our talk. Certainly, we wanna keep in mind the audience's greatest need and or needs so we can best serve them in the midst and in and through that process, no doubt. But we've gotta have fun. So whether it's an audience that I'm very familiar with or an audience I've never met before, I'm committed to having fun. The more fun I have, guess what happens as a natural byproduct with the audience? The more fun they're gonna have. They're gonna catch what I got. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. Back to you, Andy. It totally is right. If we are enjoying it, it just comes out, it spills out. And that was the mistake I made right at the beginning. I used to think, okay, who do I know who gives presentations? And maybe I think some old lecturers who are really boring and serious and never had any humor at all. And even some of my managers and who was like the same. And that's what I did. I just went kind of like a new persona came on, like serious Andy came on and I didn't have fun. And as my own personality came out, I was prepared, I was relaxed, I enjoyed it. So did my audience. It just totally changes the dynamic. And let's be honest, who wants to be in a boring meeting for an hour or listen to a boring presentation? Everybody wants to enjoy themselves, right? Everybody wants to have fun. That's, and that's what I think is just so important. But we can't be in that position unless we've prepared, we know our content and we're ready to go with it as well. So let's just delve a bit more into how, and Stefan, perhaps you could share, if you're going to give a new presentation, some tips on preparing, what would you do when you're rehearsing? Well, maybe say it's called rehearsing, and maybe even from your theatrical background, what could we do to rehearse so that when it comes to the live event, we're ready to go, we feel confident, we can bring out our personality and shine? Well, it's an interesting question because I, I had to think what, I would have answered when you ask Moel the question. And she said something, you know, some procrastination or some people are better under stress. For me, it has to do with excitement level. The moment I know that I speak somewhere, my brain instantly already goes there. And it's actually annoying if I have to finish a few other things because I just put the phone down. I know we're going to speak in September. I'm now so excited. I, I want. I want to open a open a word document. I want to start typing, because I'm I'm already excited to go there. And then I have to kind of put it aside because obviously until then there's other things that have to be done beforehand. So I'm I'm very much excitement driven. Um. Most of the, the, the speeches that I do, I have done many times before. Nevertheless, the moment I get that phone call, I'll open that document. I start reading. And the first thing, funny thing, every single time, 
I open a previous presentation, open the document. What did I say? I look at the beginning think I must find a better starting line. How, how did that work? How did that even, that is terrible. And then I start, and then at some point I have to slap my own hands and go like, hold on, calm down. Maybe it was not so bad. And then I have to sleep over it. But in, in terms of, of how to prepare, once I have that script and once I get over my own, it must be better. It must be perfect. How, how, how dare I said it this way? There must be a way better way. Once I got to get over myself, I, I look at it as if it's a stage play without script. Okay, that sounds really weird. A stage play without script. So what I have to do is I have to learn the content or my presentation to the point as if it is lyrics to a song. And now I have to reduce the music and let it sink in so the character becomes me or I become the character. Because what happens now is that I can go on stage and present the content based on what I know rather than what my script says word for word, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of reverse engineer in my head. I have to write down what I want to say, maybe not word for word, but pretty close. Now I have to learn this and now I have to forget it because now that text has to become me. And only then am I actually believable on stage, be it on a serious subject or on a funny subject, on, a, on something that is entertaining or something that is edutaining. The audience will not take me seriously unless they realize it's me. And nevertheless, I present something that was rehearsed. So I need to get, get that fake that, that fake off of my skin and make sure that it sits inside of my skin. So that's what I mean. Uh, for me, I have to become the, 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 the stage player without a script, even though there is a script. And that to me is actually the longest process. So, sorry, Harriet, I interrupted you. No apologies. I absolutely interrupted you. I just couldn't help. We refer so much when we've been together in Clubhouse of the stage pig. So I was just adding that in for you, Stefan. But excuse me interrupting your beautiful share. <laughs> you can interrupt. You know me. You can interrupt me any day. I I I love you. I take it, I take full advantage of that on a very uh, regular basis. Uh really? Sorry, couldn't help it. Andy, that, that's my answer. I like to be an actor on stage without a script because only then can I really get close, make sure everybody feels me, knows what I have to say. Good night, little bear. Good night. Where is he? <laughs> I don't have any sound effects. <laughs> I mean, the key point there, Vogue, we got there really what we say. So we might have our script. We might 
write out so we know what we're going to say. But then we basically, what I like to say is we kind of internalize it. And then we can just talk from the heart. And as Cornelia uh, was saying in the comments there as well, it is very much okay, talking from the heart. We're not just in the head trying to remember every single word. And again, been guilty of that as well. You try to remember every word. It builds up that pressure, doesn't it, on us now, right? That we are got to remember every word. And if we try to remember every word, we're in here. We're not like looking at our audience. I mean, how can we really be engaging with our audience, understanding, seeing if they've got any questions, seeing if they're understanding it, being in the moment, maybe going offline and doing some humour, which I've been known to do, if we're in our head trying to remember next word, next word, next word. Because that's the pressure. How, what happens then if I forget my words? That's where that builds up a lot of that anxiety that we, we feel when we are speaking in public as well. Bill, what do you, for you, you obviously do or did more corporate presentations, more work there. What tips would you share for somebody who's going to do one of those type of presentations to a colleague, to a client, in a way that they could prepare, they could rehearse it in a way that's going to help them feel confident in the moment? Well, you have to know what you're going to, you got to know your stuff and being prepared for your content and the kind of questions you may be get, uh, you may be getting are, are really the best advice. Especially think about who the audience is. Are they subordinates? Are they colleagues? Are they upper management? It doesn't mean you change your answers dramatically, but the way you come across to those different groups <clears throat> is very important, right? You once you know your content, once you know your area that you're in, then you really do have to, it's just like we've been saying, and Stefan just explained at length, the beauty is now that I know it, I don't want to start reciting it to you like a, uh, like a text, even if it's something technical, even if, even if it's that. There is, a, there is a space for that. There is a space for explaining certain technical aspects if that's the kind of talk but you have to turn it into a conversation and most critically you have to turn on your listening and and that's something we generally hesitate to do because it's our time to talk and the boss is going to watch me talk and this is really critical that i say as much as i can and that won't get you as far in corporate as i have found as speaking your mind getting your content out there and pausing Okay, just pause. Let's see where the questions come from. Don't feel like you have to fill every minute of every second and go, go, go until the boss tells you, okay, that's enough. You've crossed the finish line. Once again, it's the art of the give information, give the room a chance to absorb it back and forth. So know your content, step one. Practice the questions that you think you may get, step two. And when you get ready to deliver it, try not to fill the entire space with you, you, you the whole way. Ask questions, come back and forth. Yep, love that. It is right back and forth, being in the moment and not going out there just trying to impress somebody. Going out, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to look good. I'm going to impress. This is what I'm going to tell you. And this is my speech. And that's the approach that too many people do take. And then they have that script in their mind and they just want to give it to you. That's exactly where they come from. 
And that's where we get a lot of anxiety. And I love what Cornelia said there, having some hooks, just swinging from hook to hook as we go through. It is very much being present, being in the moment, and being out there to serve our audience. We have a message. What is it we can help them with? How can we serve them? And what can we do? That When they leave that room, that meeting, that Zoom meeting or in-person meeting, they've got one thing that they, they're going to leave. And I always think if we can achieve that, then we've had some success as well. That is what it's all about. Not making it all me focused. I've got this. I'm going to tell you. And aren't I going to look amazing? And what if I make a mistake? How will that affect me? Bill. And Andy, if I could just add on and stress, I think the question and answers in a corporate world, Q&A really is where careers get built. And the more that you anticipate the kind of questions you'll get and be able to play them back intelligently, you will win. It's these surprise questions, the ones you didn't expect, that's going to happen anyway. But a little bit of practice in that will take you a long way. Mm. Just wanted to add that. Q&A, do you know what, maybe we use that as our theme for our, our next chat, because I think how we handle Q&A is so important because we can get defensive, we can feel we've got to come by answer we, we yeah the way we act by you know, even the way we look uh even if we're being challenged maybe which is fine in q a absolutely does have a huge impact on us because people are watching us the whole time uh so it is very important and a good theme for the next chat as well we have covered a, a lot here in the last hour so thank you to everybody who's joined us but as always i would love to get one more a little piece of value from each of our wonderful friends here today. So I'm going to go around, we go one after the other, share a little final thought with everybody on public speaking, on what we've covered today, on what we wish we know, why we should do speaking in public, how we can get started, how we can prepare and rehearse, and what we can do to feel confident and achieve that success as well. So let's hear a final thought. We go one after the other, starting with you, Erno. What, what do you think you'd love to share with people on that before we close off today? Yeah, I just want to say that um, start yesterday. Don't wait um, because the thing is that how long are you going to wait? Let's say, oh, it's going to be next week or after a month. It's never going to happen. Start yesterday, share your voice. People will listen and believe me. Also, keep practicing because before you know, Everybody can, why again, we'll hear you. So uh, over to Harriet. Harriet. <laughs> Thank you, Erno. I like to do a session on how we can get in your time machine and start yesterday. <laughs> oh, it's very really simple, though. Um, ask Stefan, who already goes tomorrow. Uh... <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> My final tip, and thank you, everybody, Ernod, Mavel, Bill, Rob, Stefan, Andy. It's just always a pleasure and an honor to be serving and learning from you. But even more so today, being able to see all of your wonderful faces. And I think my final tip is absolutely going to be what I drove home during today's session about, number one, trust yourself. Trust yourself. Come out of your head and into your heart. Our logo for our business, the Warriors Let's Rise Together, is leading with love. When we come out of our heart, head, <laughs> nearly, whoo, out of our head and into our heart and just trust ourselves. Maybe we'll make a, make a couple of mistakes. Maybe people might say some comments. There's over seven and a half billion people 
people in this world. What's right? What's wrong? Trust yourself enough to share your thoughts, your opinions, and what you are passionate about. Out of your head, into your heart, and speak up. Thank you, everybody, and over to the beautiful Mavelle. Well, thank you, beautiful Harriet. Uh, I love your energy, yours and Rob's. Just need to bottle that so we can start selling it and making a fortune. So we can, rather than catching what you've got, Rob, just bottle it and we can you know, buy it if we want to buy it. Um, <laughs> I think, I think for me, I'm just going to link onto what you've you've talked about, Harriet, in terms of getting it out of your head and into your heart. In order for you to get into your heart, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Understand what it is that you that you want to get out of speaking for yourself. Why are you doing it? Because if you don't know what your goal is in terms of speaking and why you're speaking, that's where you're going to be stuck in your head, right? Because you're always going to be thinking about, am I doing the right thing? Are the audience okay? Am I speaking too fast, too quickly? Am I presenting well? Do I look well? It's about understanding why I'm speaking. I always talk about wanting my audience to, 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 to think, feel, and do something by the end of that presentation and in order for me to tap into what I want my audience to think feel and do I have to understand why it is that I'm speaking to begin with so for me it's understanding what your why is and then letting that guide you and then you'll be able to come out of your head and into your heart so that's me done over to you Bill thank you Movell uh, final tip for me is public speaking happens every day folks it's not in front of a room with a powerpoint it's not in a big company scene. It's not presenting at a big conference. Yes, it is those things, but it's so many more things. It's talking to the cashier at the store. It is talking to your neighbor. It is uh, speaking up in church. Public speaking happens everywhere. <clears throat> Pardon me. And the more that you can help yourself. And Rob has a great tip I'm going to steal. And that is, if you're on a journey about this and starting off, you might want to open a book and start reading aloud and listening to your voice. These are great ideas for just getting those pipes warmed up. Once, they, once you get the physical act of speaking, then you can start to look around the, the, your existence and see how many opportunities there are for just even sometimes small conversations and those grow into bigger ones, and that's where your confidence grows. And before you know it, you're talking to a large group with a sense of confidence, humor, purpose, and that's really what we're all about here. So hope that helps a bit. Rob? Hey, thanks, Bill. I appreciate, you, you. appreciate you stealing. Steal away, my brother, steal away. Andy, thank you for another wonderful, wonderful time. It's the first time we've actually come together on LinkedIn Live. Mm -hmm. So uh, appreciate your gracious hosting ability as usual. Now, when a coach leans in across the table and looks in the camera like this, I don't want to be weird, but this is when I get serious. We've heard so many amazing tips, strategies, techniques to help you on your public speaking journey. Just act on one today. Very easily, we can become so overwhelmed. We don't even know what to start with and how to best start. Just choose one thing that this amazing panel of experts have shared today. Perhaps just one thing from one person. Put one foot in front of the other and make it happen. Now, no further delay. I got to hand it off to my brother and the one who looks great with glasses and without, Stefan. The one that may, may look okay with or without, but cannot see anything without. <laughs> so this, oh, look, Rob, 
you've never looked better. You look so retouched. What happened? Oh no, he's back. Um, I I'd love to take and and just combine what I've heard from Arnold and from Bill because Arnold said that in the Q and A's, what did you say? Careers are made, or something like that. And Bill says that public speaking happens everywhere. But guess what? I think if you combine those two, that's where both of them are so spot on. I've seen so many business meetings when not the presenter, which we usually talk about being the, the one that is standing with the slides, but career, careers are made for those who are not speaking but asking the right questions. That is often where people are afraid too, because as Bill said, public speaking starts not just standing there with the microphone. So, so, so often I see the very smart interjections in business meetings, they need guts as well. Asking a question, say, um, how about this? So for me, that is public speaking as well. And so many, as Arnold said, careers are made not behind the desk, but at the boardroom table, asking the right questions, not just answering the questions, but also having the guts to ask or maybe challenge, of course, in a nice way. Hey, this has been so awesome. First of all, seeing all you lovely people, but uh, also doing it in a different format. As much as I love Clubhouse and enjoy it, well, this is the next frontier. Do I have music for that? No. Uh, but I'll, I'll <laughs> leave you with one thing. I'll, I'll leave you with one thing. You know what this group does for me? You know what this group does for me? <laughs> thank you so much, everybody. And thank you, Stefan, Rob, Bill, Mavell, Harriet, and Erno, getting together to share some amazing tips with everybody here today. And big thanks to you as well for coming along, drop, dropping in and joining us live as well, and for the comments that we've received. Good to see you all. Hopefully you'll be able to join us on the next one. But in the meantime, please do reach out, connect with all these amazing people, and see how they can help you on your journey too. Until we meet again, take care, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.